millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. And you can feel the tension in the air. Night four of a buy one, get one free extravaganza, and then get released faster than you last in the set. You could ask me anything. You could have asked me about AEW. Nobody is getting this title off a of big time Bex. Dr. Rit Baker. D. I will give you cowboy shit. These are all my people because they acknowledge me. We are gluttons for punishment and that's why we're sat here today to discuss objectively no bollocks no gimmicks no nothing just three fans of the great sport of professional wrestling sitting around a table chatting who be better AEW or WWE or as it says there WWE or AEW are we ready gentlemen mm, yes how uh, this is going to go sorry cut you off so how this is going to go down is we've got several categories to discuss one by one by one at the end of each category there'll be a vote cast by myself Tom Campbell Jack the Jobber it should end up two votes to one or three votes to nil Oh. That's the only outcomes, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So we'll is. definitely have a winner is to see who wins each category. End of the video, total up all the categories. The most categories in the favour of one promotion, obviously, is objectively better. Is that clear? Yes. Are we ready? Yeah. Please be nice in the comments down below. Oh, <laughs> do your run. worst, you monsters. <laughs> so, kicking th- so we should just also say as well, NXT 2.0 is not included in this video. This is just main roster WWE up against AEW. NXT 2.0, it's, it's off on its own weird cum-filled island. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> on Tuesday, come, come Tuesday. Anyway, the first category is Storylines. Who does storylines better? I don't know about you two, but storylines is the main reason I watch the professional wrestling. It is. It's the starting point. It's the middle point. It's the end point. Do we like the end point? Do we go, oh my God, that dirty heel won the end bit? I think what's worth remembering is, as we get into this discussion today, Mm. is that WWE have been telling wrestling stories for 50 odd years AEW, a handful. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of so we're kind of weighing it up against the, the against a historical wrestling company when yeah. it comes to AEW. WWE have told wrestling's greatest stories. Yep. Without a doubt, Hogan and Andre, the Mega Powers, year long splintering, uh, Undertaker and Kane. Kane is your brother. Austin versus McMahon. 
CM Punk waving off goodbye at Money in the Bank and all the stuff around the summer of Punk. They don't tell stories quite like they used to, though. No, I think... So, I mean, I think if you look at it just in a modern context, WWE have definitely lost their way when it comes to storytelling. There's a lot less continuity. Stories seem to end or fizzle out. And the ones that don't, I think the main weakness of WWE in terms of storytelling is that it's all very formulaic now. There's a lot of cookie-cutter feuds that go on. Uh, and they kind of rumble on between pay-per-views and then they get to the pay-per-view and that's when something eventually happens. I don't know why they seem very fascinated at the moment by telling stories through having the same matchups again and again and again. Yeah. And one person gets the better one week and the other person gets... Well, there's room for a lot more nuance. And I'm not saying that AEW knock it out of the park every time. We've seen them have some bad storylines as well. Cody versus Anthony Gogo, <laughs> for example, or Nightmare Collective. Yeah, Brandy Stable. Yeah, <laughs> everything Brandy did ever. Uh-uh. <laughs> it's it's true, though, uh, isn't it? Yeah, she wasn't. She didn't have the best storylines. But I think that when when they're both on top of their game, AEW do it better. And the prime example is the Hangman arc, isn't it? Yeah. I thought that was a, and that's very fresh in the memory at the minute. So, I mean. Uh, are we? What do you think, Ross? Before well, we cast the votes, the old ad, well, the old stories from around the pool, isn't there? With Vince and Pat and Shane and Jim Ross and Jim Cornette and stuff, where they find their end point to start and then book backwards. Mm. It feels like AEW, especially with the Hangman one in mind, they do that now more than WWE do. Yeah, and it just makes you wonder why WWE stopped doing that, and AEW have taken that mantle. It's, I think, as a society, we've. Uh, the way we consume media has changed. And WWE seem to always be chasing that new audience. There always seems to be... It's about uh, moments. It's about, yeah. and It's instant gratification. Instant gratification. Yeah. And, and that is probably why, to go back to what you said, Jack, why we have those matches, those feuds, where it's the same one-on-ones over and over and over again. Because you want to capture an audience that is channel hopping around and around and around and around uh, to, and want them to, to watch what you're doing. You don't want them to stay for a long time, but you want those new audience members all the time. Time. And, you know, this is the generation of TikTok where, you know, 10 second videos is all you get. Just content thrown at you all the time. So I don't think they are in the game of selling those lovely, long, nuanced stories anymore. No. That's not what they're about. AEW delivering some nice short run fun stuff. Not always bang on the money. No. But kind of getting it right more than WWE do at this moment. Yes. I feel like it's important to mention as well when it comes to AEW storylines, some of them go on for way longer than they have to. I'm yeah. thinking about stuff with HFO and mainly the HFO <laughs> and other things like that. <laughs> and also another criticism I'm finding, I don't know if it's just MJF storylines, but MJF seems to get the upper hand for the first few matches in the storyline. Then Jericho is the one that springs to mind where Jericho won the last match of the feud, but Jericho won the entire feud yeah. in, the, in, in canon, even though mm. he's got a consolation goal at the end. I think that's a weak point of AEW. Maybe that's just a thing with MJF. Maybe we'll be proven tomorrow, or proven wrong tomorrow when Revolution happens. Ooh. And maybe oh. MJF beats Punk. So mm. Punk beats MJF, that's just another example of that happening to MJF. Yeah, like he just he kind of falls at the last hurdle. Yeah. And what was the point in it all? Yeah. Storylines then. Uh, I think in terms of modern day, rather than judging historically, uh, I think AEW are getting them more right AEW than AEW gets my vote as well. AEW gets my vote as well, because in the words of Gary Barlow, they've got a little patience. Patience. Mm. Oh, nice. Men's divisions. 
Who showcases their men's divisions the best? Oh, God, I. Men's divisions. You can see the graphic there on screen. Um, best at, uh, sort of TV time, exposure. I guess storylines kind of bleeds into this one, but we'll try and stay away from the storylines kind of thing. Tom Campbell's men's divisions. Um, the, the one thing, as we get into sort of the roster, the one thing one, the one thing that always comes back to AEW is they hire a lot of people. Mm-hmm. The rosters seem very full. And you can tot up the numbers, but what it comes down to is the fact that AEW has three hours of main telly, Dynamite, Rampage, mm. and then they've got two hours of minor telly, Dark mm. and Dark Elevations. They've got five hours in total. WWE has six hours of main television, your Raw, your SmackDown, and I know we're not counting them, but NXT. And then they've got two hours of minor telly, Level Up, Main Event. So they've got eight hours in total. So WWE has has a lot more time to showcase more talent. So those five hours get burned up very quickly. But in terms of like the talent that is used, um, there's... Whilst it is great to see those ex-WWE guys uh, getting those pushes, they are still seemingly keen on bringing some of their own talent in. Jack, do you still think that's the case? Um, I think the the main point that I had was more of a WWE-centric one, but I'm going to say it anyway. I'm going to shoehorn it in because I think it's quite telling. There was a news story that went out this week, I think. Uh, It was like from The Observer, I believe, where apparently Ricochet is now listed internally as the second biggest babyface on SmackDown. Mm. And I think that made me very confused. Because I thought, when was that? And apparently number one was Drew, who I would, again, if someone said, who's the number one babyface on SmackDown, I'd really struggle to say who it was. And I think the men's division at the moment, the balance seems to be off. There's a lot of heels and not not a lot of babyfaces, or certainly not a lot of babyfaces that we are given a chance to get behind. Um, so I don't, I don't really know. I think you're right though about AEW having to really struggle sometimes to find a balance between pushing their own guys since the influx of your punks and your Bryans and stuff. Who would you say were the top guys in AEW at the moment? Ooh. Oh, a Danielson, Punk, Hangman, Cole's getting up there since he yeah. sort of had this thing where the young bucks are getting cast off to one side with Jay White. Um... MJF? MJF, yeah. Mm. Kingston maybe is in there. Yeah. Jericho, obviously, just because he's Jericho. Yeah. Even if he's not doing the best stuff these days. I'm hoping that as time goes on, it'll become a bit more balanced where we'll see the, the guys they want to push getting further up, like Darby and Sammy and, you know, the pillars. So yeah. it's a it's a tricky one. I think, the, the, sorry, Tom, I think the gap between the main sort of title pictures in AEW and WWE is, is, is the closest run one. I think AEW done a great job of showcasing their champion. They've proven, by the way, I think they can book a babyface champion better mm. these days by having these insurmountable odds put in front of Hangman, mm. which he's overcome. It's quite old school. Whereas, yeah, whereas, well, obviously WWE would do that back in the day, wouldn't they? But with Bret and all that malarkey, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But now they have Big E sort of not allowed to be him fully and he loses on TV before going to the pit of view and then sort of getting a win by hook or by crook. So they've proved they can book a babyface better up there, I would say. I reckon the main difference is in the secondary and the tag team divisions. That's where you see the men's division showcase better in AEW. Mm. This isn't going to be a fully AEW wankathon, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I promise you. They're getting a kick in in a bit. Yeah. I promise you. Big time. But I think that's where the main differences are. I think AEW just clearly cares more about tag team wrestling. Mm. And I think the rotation of the cast... On the secondary level, the TNT title level is is handled a lot better. I think there's clear rivalries there, and when one's done, we move on to the next one. And more importantly, while you've got Nak- uh, Nakamura losing, the, oh sorry, winning the title and going missing, uh, 
Sammy's won the title and he's been on TV just about every single show, hasn't he? There's a real inconsistency with all of yeah. it. Uh, you mentioned the tag teams there, and I think that's a that's a real big point to make in the men's division, in the sense that AEW has a very obvious tag team division. And yeah. WWE have always had this love-hate relationship with tag teams. They love to hate tag team wrestling. Yeah. Uh, there's been a few teams that have punched through over the decades, but on the whole, they just get bored of tag teams, don't they? Yeah. Whereas mm. AEW have kind of really sort of double down on doubles and there's lots of them and there's more variety for them so are we kind of leaning towards in terms of a men's division because bear in mind the WWE's men's division has got probably some of the biggest like the like the, the two more recognisable wrestlers on the planet Reigns right and Lesnar in Roman yeah. Reigns and Brock Lesnar you know so they've got you know and historically they've got wrestlers that are like that but we're talking about the men's division now I think my vote definitely goes to AEW but I don't think that that means that they knock it out of the park every time. No, like you mentioned in the storyline section, the the Jericho feuds, the, there's still results that sometimes go. You think well, the, the other person should have won in that, yeah. but I guess that'll just happen in any wrestling promotion. I think on the whole, it, the point you made was really good about the secondary level and the rotation and stuff. When you watch a Dynamite, sometimes it'll feature like, do you remember the one where like Santana and Ortiz and the best friends had that massive main event in the car park? or the Arcade Anarchy match. And and I don't think in WWE you see too much of that. It's really heavily centered, the men's division, around just the same few guys. So yeah. I'm going for I'm going for AEW for this one. I think consistency is a big thing to mention as well, just with Damian Priest being at the forefront of my attention this week. Because <laughs> he had this year-long undefeated streak on Raw, which nobody talked about until the very end. And then Kevin Owens dropped a little reference in, and then Kevin Owens beat him after a year, just on a random Raw. Then he sort of got himself back up there. And then on this week's Raw, he just lost his title on a random Raw. Yeah. It's just that sort of inconsistency of going up and down, where I think AEW, going back to that storyline booking kind of thing, they have their end point and then they work towards that each and every time mm -hmm. I think that's the way it feels anyway I'm leaning towards AEW as well yeah, I think. even if I said WWE I get voted out now so it's fine <laughs> we'll go AEW for the men's 2-0 2-0 oh, it, it's not going to be like Istanbul because for me the women's division mm. plural is firmly in WWE's favour Firmly. Interesting. I think if we're speaking about in terms of TV time, in case in terms of showcase and talent, I think WWE do a hell of a lot better job than AEW do. It's an easy uh, kick down for anti AEW fans to go. Women's division is rubbish. Women's division, rubbish, women's division. And they work, and they have worked on it since those conversations started uh, a year or so back. Like there is a there is a lot of new names on there. On a, they, you see a lot on AEW Dark and Dark Elevation more than anywhere else. In terms of those top names, like I tried to think of the top names in both divisions uh, before coming in here. In AEW, I got Britt Baker. Jay Cargill, who who is a star, yeah. mm. you know, an absolute star. Thunder Rosa, Ty Conti, Ruby Soho. Those are the names that jump out of my head. There'll be others who have entered the chat. But then on WWE side, it's Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, it's Bianca Belair, it's Ronda Rousey, it's Sasha Banks, and they're all tried and tested stars. You could see them headlining, not just uh, WWE pay-per-view, but headlining WrestleMania as well. And I don't think we're at a point in AEW yet where we could see... Britt Baker, for example, headlining a pay-per-view as the AEW Women's Champion. I just think it's a case of AEW not wanting to. 
not wanting to promote and push their women's division as much as they could Really? Because I saw a quote while well, watching an interview with, uh, it was Luke Owen and Denise Salcedo had QT Marshall on, and he said the following, when just asked directly about the misbooking of the women's division, he said, uh, so if you look at the ratio of how many guys are on the roster compared to how many girls are on the roster, you want to talk about keeping it even? You have to keep it even, right? So like, how do you do that? If you have 100 and something guys and 20 girls, how do you do it? You tell me. How do you mathematically do it and make it work? Blah, 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 blah. Do we get rid of all the male wrestlers and hire a lot more female, uh, females because we have no option to put more female talent in there? Blah, 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 blah. That tells me that they just don't want to do it because the obvious answer is, yeah, just don't hire as many men and hire more women. Yeah. Yeah, that seems like he just doesn't like women wrestling. Yeah, it's <laughs> like you've got quotes like that coming from QT Marshall, who, you know, he's not one of the EVPs of AEW, but he seems to be sort of in that circle, doesn't he, with his training center and whatnot. And yeah, the he's Mandelson. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we're in that category with them but a, a WWE have got themselves in a position now whether you you know we, we don't like the Saudi shows do we but there was multiple matches on a Saudi show yeah. which is a big step yeah. isn't it no matter what you think about what they were wearing or anything like I, that. I do agree largely but I've got a slightly different take on the, the women's division point which is that I think if this had, if this if we'd done this video like two or three years ago it would have been an absolute walkover for WWE mm-hmm. but things have regressed especially since Ronda Rousey went away. Things really nosedived for a while for the women's division. Mm. I, I feel like it's starting to pick up again now. I don't know if that's just because Ronda's back. But um, Bailey being out for a long time hasn't helped either because she was really, really entertaining all the time. Um, I still think WWE have the edge. Uh, and I think I, I probably agree with what you say. Like maybe it's just a matter of intent. And even though WWE sometimes don't seem to care about women's wrestling, at the minute, it's picking up a little bit again. Whereas AW sometimes has a little peak here and there but right now I'm, I'd give it a WWE that was well I think AEW is getting a lot better than it was because at the start there was that one segment per week and that was it wasn't it yeah. whereas now we've got multiple segments on two different shows but yeah I think WWE's just in terms of I reckon we'll be saying it even stronger in WWE's favour if they got rid of the women's tag team championships oh yeah if you don't yeah. if you don't care about them just get rid of them like yeah. instead of just having them there and then oh it's Wrestlemania in a few weeks time let's get Sasha Banks in that <laughs> That seems like a waste of Sasha Banks. That's another video for another time. (laughs) Waste of Naomi as well. Yeah. She, she, everyone always says, when are they going to push Naomi? And they never seem to do. But But there we go. WWE are on the scoreboard. It's 2-1, everybody. We now move on to championships. Talking of... This is both in terms of how the titles are designed, which one do you fancy the most, which one's the best looking, but also in terms of how prestigious slash meaningful they are. Jack, where do you want to start this discussion point? Um, I'll, I'll start with how prestigious they are, I think. It's really inconsistent in WWE. You've got the, the 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 two main ones, especially the Universal Title at the minute with Roman's reign. That that's now far more valuable than the weirdly just weird to say because of all the history, but far more valuable than the WWE title, yeah. which got diluted by the mishandling of Big E's reign recently and, and all the rest of it. Um, but the top two, I'd say, pretty prestigious, pretty good. But then there's a huge drop off when you get to the IC, especially the IC, and to a lesser extent the US title. Um, then you've got the women's titles, which I don't think are in too bad shape. The Raw one has benefited from long reigns from the likes of Becky Lynch and all that sort of stuff. Charlotte's done a good job on SmackDown as well. I think those four, like the two main men's ones and the two main women's ones, I've not got too many complaints really in terms of just the prestige of the belts. The storylines you can have an issue with, obviously. But the all the rest and the women's tag belts, as you've said, there's a huge, there's there's a huge, huge gap. Um but I don't know. I don't know how AEW 
I don't know. How, how, do you, how do you think AEW compared to that? I think with AEW, there is a feeling that, unlike with WWE, that a lot of championship matches and opportunities are earned. Like, there is a there is more of a prestige. And I feel like even on some of the the matches on you see on Dark and Dark Elevation or on Rampage, they're, they're all building to... So each one matters towards a title opportunity. Like mm. The rankings and the scores and the win-loss records all help towards that. So I believe that the AEW championships have more prestige in that way in the sense that you can have somebody come out of the blue, have four or five wins on the trot and then earn a match. Whereas with the WWE belts, like, oh, like for example, SummerSlam, where we had Bianca Belair who had grafted, ah. won the Rumble to earn the match at WrestleMania to win the belt. To, to retain it over half a year, then all of a sudden Becky Lynch just appears and 20 seconds later, I'm the champ now. And things like that do just dilute the significance of it. And as Jack said there, the only belt with any real prestige in WWE, in the men's divisions at least, is the Universal title because yeah. it's been the most protected. Roman's had a, a hell of a run with it and I hope it lasts for at least another year. <laughs> Keep it going, you cowards. Um, you mentioned a big part of it is like the the which belts we fancy the most. Just in terms of how good the design is, I think it's got the sexiest belts, Ross. Well, NXT UK, but that's not in the discussion. <laughs> that is either. very true. Uh, both the tag titles and the world title there are up just fantastic. Well, the NXT UK Championship, but uh, I think on in WWE on main roster WWE, it's not really about design anymore, is it? It's not like the nineties with the winged eagle and the Attitude Era one. Uh, it's just all about getting the brand out there. So yeah, the, the Super Bowl winners have the logo there. There you go. They've got the belt and with the logo and whatnot. So it's definitely the sort of uh, the 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 I don't know what the the mantra of the title belt design changed. I don't really think that's much of a discussion to have as part of this. I think it is more about prestige, isn't it? It is mm. more about mean. prestige. Um, but I definitely think the Universal title is way shoulders above everything in wrestling at the minute. Which is funny, when when it when it was introduced, it felt like such a, a half-hearted, half-witted attempt to put a world title on Raw. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's like the most important belt in the company. And I yeah. guess that, it, that, that's, that, as Jack said, it does extend to the women's title as well on the Raw side with Becky holding it for so long. I do think, though, we all we all have knee-jerk reactions, don't we, when it comes to things that happen on pay-per-views and stuff. And I think the the Becky win at SummerSlam, if Bianca wins at WrestleMania, be worth it, I think. Unless mm. we forget as well, when we talk about the Bianca win uh, and then the Becky sudden win, a few months later, they just walk into the ring, Becky and Charlotte, and go, oh, you have that one, that you was, have that, that one. Bad. That's bad. That, that, that was bad. That nosedives mm. the significance they of the championship. They need to stop doing that, yeah. AEW, I think, wins I, this. I think I'm going for... I can't a... imagine AEW doing something like, oh, you have that belt, oh, no. and I have that belt. I'm going for AEW as well. Um, I think they are quite fortunate, though, as well, to be in a sweet spot just in terms of the age of the company. Because at the start, the belts are totally new. We don't know how prestigious they are. We don't know how well it's going to go. Now, they haven't existed for long enough for there to be major missteps in the lineages of all the titles. So it, it, at the minute, everything's going really well. It, the, the reigns have generally been long and, and title wins have been hard fought for. So, yeah, I'm going for AEW, partly because of their own good booking and partly because I think they're in that sweet spot at the minute as well. I would say they've had one misstep so far AEW and that was the business with Cody and Sammy Guevara Okay, where Cody won it for a week or two and then lost it again in the ladder match. Mm. I didn't write, understand what the point of that was. I feel like that might have been 
muddied by Cody's contract. They didn't know whether he was going to stay or not. In, hind- to- in hindsight, maybe. Was yeah. it more the fact that they were promoting a show called like the Clash of Champ, the Battle of the Belts, and all of a sudden one of the matches, fifty percent of that Battle of the Belts, the belt couldn't be defended. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I, I feel like they kind of they booked themselves into a little corner there and went, well, we have to if they because if they didn't have a show called Battle of the Belts. And they didn't have, and they could have got away with it. They probably would have just had mm. the belt just, just continue its like its lineage. But they had to do something. Yeah, to be fair, I'll go for AEW as well. But while I do think uh, the Universal title is way up there above the AEW title for my money, I do think the rest of Dory's booking of the t- well, the secondary and tag team championships and the twenty four seven. Like, what's the point? Oh, the twenty four seven. It oh. just weighs it down so much that uh, the, the the TNT and the the World Championship and AEW. I think just. Outranks them a bit, I guess. Mm. Oh, it, uh, I think th- it definitely. The the twenty four seven championship makes me sad because as a kid that grew up with the hardcore division and the hardcore title and the fun that they had with that, but it was always felt important. It's sad like, as well that we're sat here building towards this WrestleMania where Johnny Knoxville looks like he could be challenging for the, the Intercontinental Championship, and we're just sat here going, they've not used it very much over the past few years. Why not? It could be fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and again, WWE is is a, is a marketing machine, so of course it behooves them to to put a title Ooh, belt behooves. on Johnny Knoxville. Good. It, 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 the use it, of behooves was fantastic. Thank you, matey. We were all livid when David Arquette won the world title, but we're, we're so removed, so from that, and so jaded from that, we go... Yeah, put the icy belt on mm. Knoxville. Yeah, at why least it's not? Getting used be on, hilarious. At least it's getting used at on least TV. It's on, at, least it's, at least there'll be an icy title match at WrestleMania. Which was not a guarantee if Nakamura was still the champion, which mm. is a sad thing to say, but it's true. So, 3-1. Um, 3-1 three, one. Three, one three, to the one. AW. Entertainment segments. There they are. These are the segments that you see on the weekly television shows that do not involve any wrestling whatsoever. Well, maybe a bit of wrestling, like a beat down after a promo or something like that. You know what I'm talking about. Tom, what are you saying here? Shout out to WWE, who has created its own genre over the past decades called WWE Humor, <laughs> which is uh, ostensibly only WWE and is designed to make one person laugh and no one else. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the backstage segments in WWE... Um, and in-ring stuff, even even at the height of like WWE's uh, popularity with the Attitude Era, like always a bit ropey. <laughs> Let's all be honest. Um, backstage segments, very much like in-ring segments. Um, the comedy is ropey, and they are nowadays incredibly overproduced. You know, we you know, and I mean, like in terms of how like the camera works and stuff like that. In my brain now, I think of Shayna Baszler destroying. Uh, Destroying Lily, uh, Alexa mm. Bliss's doll, and we had the camera under. We had li- we had Lily view, where Shayna Baszler trod on Lily, <laughs> and it's stuff like that that, whilst I guess it's designed to make movies, pal, it actually takes you away from it all. Um, AEW, I think, doesn't suffer from any of those. Oh, I would Trappings. argue they do, oh, definitely. Say. Chris Jericho has taken that humor to AEW. Tom, with your stupid square head. <laughs> <laughs> This is what Chris Jericho would say if he was sat uh, here looking at you. I think Chris Jericho, over the last, well, over 2022, so far what we've had, and m- large parts of last year as well, it's been painful to watch his non-wrestling segments. Mm. I think it's been terrible. On, I think sometimes AEW as well find themselves very, fu- like the Bucks humour on, they find themselves very funny, like being the elite sort of humour, which some people really get, I don't get all yeah. of the time. And I think their segments often drag a bit long, especially the Jericho ones. But when it's good, I think AEW nail it. Like MJF um, last week. MJF last week, or the one that came to mind straight away was MJF whipping Cody. 
I remember in the build-up to that, everyone was saying, well, Cody will get out of it or it'll lead to a brawl or something. But they played it totally straight and it was just much more effective because of that. So I think when they have a big set-piece angle kind of segment in mind, they often knock it out of the park. Not always, but I think that they do tend to do well. In terms of beatdowns and saving the day and stuff, that gets a little bit repetitive for me in AEW. It's always a backstage interview where someone gets interrupted and ends in a beatdown. That's yeah. what normally happens with everybody, whether it be Britt Baker or whoever backstage. Yeah, them. but I think visually, when the production of these segments, they're much more invested in making it look real and different. Whereas, as Tom said, WWE is a massively overproduced a lot of the time. I think AEW have fallen a bit of a dangerous category, like sort of territory, because all their backstage segments now are taking place in the same areas. It's either in the backstage, backstage bit where there's no set, or that set backstage, or in the ring. Whereas at the start of the company, they did a wonderful job, I thought, of doing these backstage segments in random bits around the arena yeah. to make it look really different. I thought that was a real plus point. For, I think about when Kenny Omega put John Moxley through that glass table. They do it a bit less now. Like, they're yeah. doing that less and less, so it's becoming more like Dury because that's the main issue I have with their Dury's is the fact you tune into a weekly role and if you haven't woken up properly that day you might be thinking mm. it was last week because it looks I, the same and feels the I'm same I'm really sick of that either bright blue or bright red backstage set mm. it doesn't look like anything it, it's so weird it's such a strange decision it's very sterile yeah. yeah sterile is a good way to describe mm. it for a show called Raw which is quite funny. yeah it's not Raw anymore yeah I think it's quite close this one you know but I think only because they both have really rough bits. Yeah, <laughs> I think AEW nailed the drama more, and I think that's because they allowed the the people doing the drama to just try and do the drama themselves rather than try and shoehorn their own their own drama into it. Yeah, that makes sense. yeah, yeah. Like MJF's promo very much felt like it was MJF's words, but finessed maybe by somebody else. Whereas you know you you handed a, WWE, they hand you a piece of paper and go, "That's your promo. Have fun." And and then it, when people can. People are brave enough, I guess, or have enough standing in the company to get around that. It can be effective. But then you get people who are fantastic wrestlers, but are the likes of Bala or Ricochet, aren't the most natural talkers. It really harms them as well. And then they're told to be corny baby faces. Ricochet's little... (laughs) Yeah, yeah, At the end of every segment just pisses you off, doesn't it? He wouldn't do that in real life, would he? No. Um... It's AEW. They do less to piss you off during these segments. They do less to pee me off. Yeah. Yeah, 4-1. 4-1. The comments are I'm scared. On fire I'm really scared. Right now. I mean, I think we're being fair. I so think we far, are. We are being are. very fair. Are. There we go. The wrestling product as a whole. Uh, this is just basically who puts on the better wrestling, which is a very subjective <laughs> question. I know we all have our own taste and whatnot. 5-1. 5-1. 5-1. Very dismissive of me, Tom. I think about percentage of wrestling during a weekly show, how much wrestling is there compared to the hours of the show itself. I'm thinking about variety, stuff like that. Since you've gone blotting off 5-1, what have you got to say? Well, is a wrestling <laughs> product and it's proud of the fact that it's a wrestling product. I don't think it is anymore, me. I Do mean, you not think so? It's just as much sports entertainment is well, the, here's the thing, though, because if because if that this is where they, I think they tick all the boxes because they they do have been sports entertainment stuff on the show on on Dynamite, but then you've got Dark, which is like like an hour and twenty, like like overstuffed ravioli style wrestling matches and it is just wall-to-wall wrestling matches shot in a very in a, in a different way then you've got dark elevation which is very much more around the wrestling but the thing as well is i whilst it is more sports entertainmenty it always comes back to laser focused on the wrestling mm. you know you'll have promos between hangman page and dan and brian danielson 
but it will then lead to a, a, a 30 minute time limit draw match that, that absolutely steals the show. So like it'll always come back to the wrestling, all the CM Punk MJF stuff, the promos, the sports entertainment stuff has been magnificent, but it's all coming down to a match. Yeah. And it's all building very, it's all focused on a match. Whereas with WWE, and I felt like this for as long as I've been a fan, and many in the company will agree, for WWE, wrestling feels like an inconvenience rather than the reason why they're there. Mm. The fact that they're not even called World Wrestling Entertainment anymore. They, they have legally changed their name to just WWE. Same way KFC on, is no longer called Kentucky Fried Chicken. It's just called KFC. They try it not? No, no, it's just called KFC. They, uh, they could put whatever they wanted in now. They're, they're embarrassed <laughs> to be a chicken company. <laughs> but yeah, the, the chickens are inconvenient yeah. to them. But WWE wants to... Dis if it could get away with doing a wrestling show with no wrestling... Believe me, they'd do it. There's a lot of bureaucracy storylines in WWE, like, oh, the chain of command and Sonya's got to go up to Vince and Adam Pearce and stuff. I think that when it comes to just the wrestling itself, I think the, the wrestling I enjoy the most, and I can enjoy a really good match that exists in a vacuum and is just a really good match, but it's best when it, it the story is amplified by what happens in the ring or vice versa. I think AEW achieved that a lot more. In WWE, I get a sense that often... Nothing's going to happen during a match, bell to bell, that changes or alters the status quo of a particular feud or storyline unless it's a pay-per-view. Like, you could kind of skip the weekly shows most of the time to get to the pay-per-view and then just catch up on what's happened through a recap or whatever. Whereas in AEW, I get a sense that... Or there is more often a sense that each match matters. Each match doesn't actually matter, but I think they do a better job of giving that illusion that any match can alter the status quo of... of, of what's going on at any particular time. Variety, I think, AEW mm -hmm. takes it as well. They That's just have, point. they bring in these different match types from way back in the day. I'm thinking about your bunkhouse brawls and all that sort of stuff and death, Texas death matches and other things like that. It's the repetition that my main issue is with WWE. It's the sort of like, the too many roll-ups, too many DQs, booking themselves into corners where they don't need to be in that corner. Like a main event of Raw be Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens versus two more main event stars and it always has to end in a DQ. They don't want they anyone to lose. Can't pin them, yeah, yeah, but you don't have to book it that way because, you know, you've got that there pencil. You can write anything down with that pencil. You don't have to book yourselves into that repetitive, really annoying corner, do you? No. Then, then they can do it because we recently saw, well, not that recently, but remember Montez Ford had that main event against Roman. Mm. And obviously Montez wasn't going to win, but I think it elevated him to be on that level with Roman and, and it, it allowed for a main event that felt more like a main event. Yeah. I think percentage of the show is taken up by wrestling as well. I think there was that Raw without commercials recently that where someone worked out it was 10 minutes out of the full hour <laughs> was actual wrestling, which is, it's not, that's not like going away from the status quo, do we? Is it like, that's just what it is these days. I think the only time where that balance is different is when they'll put on like a gauntlet match and that'll take up like 45 minutes of an hour. And they're always the, good, um, aren't they? And they're always good. They're always, do you remember that period that we had? I think it was sort of during the, um, the pandemic era where they decided we don't want wrestling yeah. during a break. Mm, yeah. So therefore every match has to begin and end within a segment. Two out of three falls. That yeah. was so Lucha weird. House party rules, wherever it was. Yeah. So weird. I'm glad they've been that off. Yeah, yeah, they do like little things like that get in the way of the wrestling as well, don't they? Wrestling's Whereas an AEW. inconvenience. Yeah. Mm. To a wrestling show. Yeah. So it's AEW, isn't it? 5-1. 5-1. <laughs> <laughs> not going well. Oh, no. This, oh, bad, oh, no. We're winning 5-1. Oh, no. <laughs> Tom went to a football match recently. Once. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they chat, there was West Brom chanting that at Borough after West Brom scored a goal. How 
must you be? We're, we're winning, winning away. away. They yeah. lost 2-1 in there. <laughs> Steve Bruce is a football genius. Anyway, <laughs> moving on now. The production value Ooh. of the TV shows. Now, in this discussion point, we've got a couple of subsections, uh, subsections, I should say, after this one. But this one is all about the lights, the sets, the pyros, the replays, the seamlessness of the broadcast viewing experience. <sighs> Who is better, Jack A, WWE? So in terms of how clean and expensive it looks, WWE. Yeah. But but AEW work better with what they've got, in my opinion. And the other thing that I can't get away from is the camera cuts. It's the one the thing that weighs it down. Of, yeah. If if they if they shot it more, I saw a video once on Twitter. It was like a fan cam of Kevin Owens giving the popper power bomb to someone, quite a big opponent, I think as well. It looked class because the camera didn't move, and when he hit the the impact, like obviously the ring didn't look like it moved at all, and it, it looked really good. And I thought, why do they cut on every impact? Uh, I don't really know, but that's the that's the big negative for me for WWE's production. Yeah. I'll mention this again just because I think it's quite relevant. That I got to speak to someone who was in the production staff of uh, World of Wrestling on ITV, mm. and they said they had because if you remember, if you remember watching that, mm. bloody hell, the camera cuts were even yeah. worse on that. They had to they had to cut before the impact of certain moves, so people couldn't work out at home how to do them. So maybe there's some sort of rationale for that, but then you think of about 25 years of history before that on TV and that wasn't there, so maybe that's just complete bollocks. I often <laughs> think it's the idea that uh, non-wrestling people are worried that other non-wrestling people will be bored of watching wrestling. So by adding camera cut, camera cut, yeah. camera cut, camera cut, like stay exciting, <laughs> foo, foo. I think that's maybe what they're going for. With yeah. I would say, though, in terms of production... Um, whilst they they do fall victim fall into the trap of being overproduced a fair amount, WWE will forever have production one. Yeah. Not just on not just within like the main roster shows within Raw and SmackDown, but like documentaries and 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 presentation away from the wrestling ring. They've set the standard, haven't they? Their yeah. standard, and it's so high. Mm. And 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 they and AEW, as you say, they there's you see elements of them trying to emulate that. It feels very loose around the edges yeah i think i think as well when you like when me and ross are lucky enough to have gone to two wrestlemanias and you the setup was just insane yeah. like the stages and everything it's a different level and it um it is one of wwe's strengths the only big negative as we said was the camera the camera cuts all the time as but, bad as that is i still think they're head and shoulders above AEW. I've, absolutely I've got and another WWE. another reason they are is because of pyro specific or superstar-specific pyro. Oh. I think that's missing from AEW. I like it when, you know, Kane back in the day would have his flames. Mm. They don't use that as much anymore. Oh, <laughs> Becky's got a steam. Charlotte's, oh, yeah. got, Charlotte's got her pyro. That is true. That yeah. is true. Brock's got his pyro. Everyone yeah. in Saudi Arabia has pyro. <laughs> every, basically, every time anybody right. walks out of a door in Saudi when, Arabia, there's there's when, a small bonfire when, night when Drew, type display. Drew McIntyre beat Madcap Moss, and it was like... The new millennium. It was like, yeah. <laughs> Drew has yeah. his flip. I think I, I don't know what it is, but I'm watching an AEW entrance. And I'm just looking at the sort of generic sort of. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah, sort yeah, of like, yeah. oh, it could be a bit better. Remember the Am cruise I... ship when it was nearly blown into yeah. the front row? That was a bit scary. Am I right in thinking though that WWE did away with pyro for a long yeah, time? Yeah. And when AEW came in and started doing pyro, they WWE bought pyro back. I don't oh. know if that, I don't know about the timeline, but yeah, they did definitely go for a I'm period sure of time without was the pyro. The yeah. I might be wrong. But either way, it's a win for WWE. It is bad. Yeah, long, long, long may stupid fireworks remain. 5-2. Five, five, two. Two. Five, the four. fight back is on. Uh, now we go on to video packages, which for my money are a quite a big par for any feud. 
Think about my way. Sets the tone just before the matchup. Gets you hyped for what you're about to see. I think AEW and WWE are both brilliant at video packages. This is a tough one. But yeah. they're very different in how they do it. I think AEW go for the more documentary style of like, this happened then, then this happened, then this happened, then this happened. Not like Louis Theroux. Bit more serious, bit more dramatic than yeah. Louis Theroux. Whereas I think WWE are more like superhero video commercials, if that makes any sort of sense. Like, bow, mm. pow, waboo. I think... Um, or, or, you, know, you said it there, like, my way, my sacrifice, WWE Desire. Like, they forever made iconic video packages of WWE. Because, um, again, they're, whilst they, they don't like being a wrestling company, they're a television company. Yeah. So they've got to get that right. I think, in, I think, in my opinion, if you want my, for my vote, it's WWE. Because AEW, from what I consume of AEW, it is that documentary style, but I feel like it's the same video package every time. It's those pieces looking at the camera. I will beat them in the match. Cut to JR with strategic oh, analysis. She's quite good at the wrestling. She's quite huh? good at the wrestling, <laughs> remember, I suppose. Do you remember when the Inner Circle did a mock of it for Cody and the Nightmare? Yeah. So Sammy and Jericho and gives him like a little kiss on the cheek and it's just so funny. It's too but it did expose that style is is more formulaic than it seemed at first. It is. It, it is. And I don't, I haven't seen them go out of their comfort zone from that. Whereas WWE, they do, they, they'll do montage. And also WWE will have these video packages that will make the, 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 their, their cruddy build up to a match, make it look stunning. Mm. They're great like that. They can make a story arc seem far greater than it is with yeah. video packages. And I'll tell you what's good for video packages and they don't get enough love. And I know we're not really comparing them here. NXT UK. Right? Oh. They're doing some great stuff with video packages. They've got this thing at the moment where they're bringing back Wild Boar. And they've got this trucker. There's this, this like zoo, this drone footage of a trucker on the on the highway. Is that Wild Boar? That's, well, it's going to be Wild Boar. <laughs> and it's just like, and there's the trucker that sees this like sees this thing on the floor. And you see this rustling in the world. Yeah. Oh, it's great. It's atmospheric. It's brilliant. The character development stuff they're doing there is fantastic. And it's that WWE... Uh, that WWE trademark that they do that's so good. I think WWE wins video packages. I'm, I'm going for WWE as well because I think it's closer than maybe... I, I think maybe I enjoy AEW style more than we've said there, but I think... A, they're both really good, but I think AEW has um, a lot of a lot of sound bites and great material to use and a lot of, there's more creative freedom that they can draw from whereas as you've mentioned WWE can take like the worst feud and somehow make it look like mm. the most unmissable rivalry that's ever existed so yeah it's WWE I've never noticed the formulaic stuff of AEW before you mentioned that there oh, but it's true you now you have I remember yeah. watching it it was one of the buy-ins one of the early pay-per-views it was just an hour of promo packages for the every single match on the card and there was one for Proud and Powerful where there were sort of they were Definitely heels at the time, but it was sort of shot on the subway in New York, and now you, there was people, I have to be proud and powerful and all this sort of stuff. And I was like, that's just an amazing babyface promo. But the way that was shot, I wish they would do that more where they would go out on location mm. and just do away mm. with Jim Ross going, oh, yeah, she could do a really mm. good sleeper hole. <laughs> you know, used to be just under a bridge or something. He would throw yeah. people through the ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's five, five, three. They're both good, but in different ways. But there we go. Five, three is the score on the boards. Now we move on to entrance music. Who has the most bangers, basically? Now, I've got empirical scientific evidence, so I'll let you two go oh, first, oh. and I'll drop some science on your asses. Uh, well, again, like again, WWE, is, for years, has made the most iconic theme music. But current day. Current day, they've proper taken their foot off the gas. <laughs> they, you know, uh, but and they just... None, none of the music that really comes out today 
really inspires anything. Like the the like, there's nothing that I've heard from a wrestler in terms of new music that's made me go, oh, that's that's good. You know, I heard I heard um, my 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 lookalike on NXT, Joe Gacy, uh, <laughs> had some new theme music. We're not talking that's about NXT, good. but it stood out because it was sounded so different to everything else. I was like, mm. okay, that's, that's good, but nothing else really is just everything is just. Da, 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 that's the main thing. It's either that or there's the the horns and then the. Tra- trap beat. Yeah. yeah. Trap beat. I learned, that. I learned that from Jack Atkins upstairs. Yeah. And you get the... T- 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 and then with some sort of rap on top of it. Nice. Trap beat. I think that's the main thing that... Because back in our day... Back in our day. The music yeah. was made for the wrestler, for the gimmick, and it really was... Jim. True, yeah. Jim Johnston. But now we've got Deaf Rebel. Death so, Rebel. And CFO, death, by the way... Deaf is right. Oh. Oh. Is it Deaf Rebel? I've forgotten again, Richard. <laughs> it is Deaf Rebel. I always forget what they're called. Anyway. I wouldn't um, trust anyone called Deaf oh. to make my theme music. <laughs> before you say your empirical evidence, can I give mine as well? Because yeah. you said we should... Before so I was going to ask you about the AEW, and I was going to say, do well, you believe that Mikey Ruckus is leading into a golden era of theme music? Potentially, or, possibly. Is he a hack? No, no, not at all. I think possibly he is because... I mean, there's there's some, and it's not it's not just him though who's done everyone. We've got Judas, we had Cody's by Downstate. Uh, they kind of, even though Mikey Ruckus has got his signature sound, it's not all that. Um, the, there's a lot of different genres. They mix the genres more as well, like private parties music, more of like a party song, and it seems more tailored to the wrestler. Do you remember when? It's not relevant anymore because they've changed it. But remember when Nikki Cross was a sassy Southern belle yeah. for a couple of weeks? Yeah. yeah. But um, I think since. CFO CFOS. They get a hard time, by the way. Really? Me and Adam did a tier list of all their themes and the amount of bangers they've actually oh, yes. made. I, I think they were like, were they about 2013 up until about 2019? NXT 2020? had some fantastic. Yeah. Glorious. Glorious. Glorious, yeah. Shinsuke's. Go and look at that tier list. It's called CFO Dollar Sign. It's on the channel now, but they did a lot of bangers. But yeah, they've definitely they've lost gone, their way. Yeah. yeah. A lot of them sound the same. Check before I pass over to Ross for his science. Check out Drew Gulak's theme. Oh, it's, yeah. oh my god! Mm. Yes. Cruising through the streets of Newcastle upon Tyne at night with a car window down that one. Synth. Oh. Don't give a don't give a damn about any one of those. One hand front on boys. the wheel. Yeah, no. Yeah. Nice. Me empirical evidence comes from those tier lists, by the way, because just before Christmas, myself and Jack sat down and did the tiers for both Raw, well, Raw SmackDown and AEW. Top tier songs from Raw, there was nine of them. Oh. Styles, Priest, Ray, Edge, Owens, Miz, Street Prophets, Bianca, and Seth Rollins. Oh. Seth Rollins is one where I think it fits the character. It sounds like the, just like a, oh, he's a bit, bit, bit naughty, him, isn't he? <laughs> he's a bit naughty. Yeah. That's right, I'm a bit naughty. <laughs> SmackDown also had nine themes in the top tier. Gulak, Usos, Lesnar, New Day, Sasha, Nakamura, Naomi, Reigns, and Sheamus. Mm. A- e- so there's 18 there. Nine and nine equals 18. Well done. 22 and AEW. Whoa. So, if that means anything, there's me mm. and Paragon. Do you want me to read through all the top tier themes in AEW? Yeah. yeah. Jungle Boy, Jamie yeah. Hater, Ruby Soho, the, uh, whatever, the, the super, the, I'm packing heat. Is it super elite, that one? That one, whatever they're called. Uh, Varsity Blondes, FTR, Jericho, Christian, Best Friend, CM Punk, Cody, Darby, Omega, Archer, Miro, Lucha Bros, Team Taz, Ricky Starks, Malachi Black, Thunder Rosa, Butcher and Blade, Adam Cole, and because Cody's not there, we can replace his with Kings of the Black Throne theme, just to keep it at the round 22, because I think that is a banger. Mm. And it's made by Brody King's bandmate or something. Nice. I think Some good, yeah. There's an, and, and also like Tony Khan, not afraid to put his hand in his pocket yeah. For, yeah. for when the music matches the person. <laughs> That's a thing that oh, we obviously know why they're doing it. So they can put it on iTunes and make a bit more money. I guess that's oh, yeah. the main reason for it, and just to own the, the the thing without paying for it properly. Properly? Is that the right way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Own it wholesale. Own it wholesale. That's the one. Um, but it, that is taken away from Dewey as well. 
like mm. sort of like they need to bring that back don't they? I think so my favourite Mikey Ruckus story before we move on from music um, is that he was told with like a couple of hours notice oh by the way the elite are coming out as Ghostbusters can you do uh, a, a, our own version of the Ghostbusters theme so you listen to that theme like he's in a taxi putting that together yeah. like he's a very talented man is, is. Mikey Ruckus I think me and him are very similar because I wrote yeah. very wrestling Christmas in a day. So well, there you go. A yes. Similar level of talent there. So I of the Tiger by Survivor was written in an hour. I can see that, mm. but it's class. That's not a knock. Jackie was it. getting chased by a tiger at the time. No, because uh. the story behind that is like I sighed. Sly Stallone rang Survivor and said, "Can you do the song from my, my boxing film Rocky?" <laughs> and I, he said, "I'll pay you to do two songs, and I'll choose the one I like." Uh, but make two. They spent like seven, eight hours putting together this banger of a tune. And they went, oh gosh, it's nearly it's nearly morning. Um, we'll just, we've got a couple of hours, let's just rattle out another one. And the one they rattled out was Eye of the Tiger. <laughs> and Salah Sly said, I want that one. If you want to hear the other one, the one that was meant, the one they put all their heart and passion and soul into, there was a film that Sly Sloan was in called Fist, F-I-S-T. And it's in that. Okay. There you go. Just wow. a little aside. I heard that on the Always Sunny podcast oh. on a walk yesterday and I thought I'd share it with the room. You live and learn. <laughs> AEW or WWE though, here in 2022, who has the better entrance music? A-Dub. Scient- A-Dub. Scientific A-Dub. evidence suggests yeah. so. I think it's A-Dub as well. Especially when we're just considering the, the new themes. They've the lost six, their way out of Six there. Six three? Six two? Six three? Six three. Six three. Six three. Commentary. Hmm. I'm going to put it out there straight away that the best commentary team in AEW and or WWE, just the main rosters, is it's Michael Cole and Pat. Oh, straight Ooh. away. Smackdown Pat has has brought life to the commentation station. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I'm happy because when I first saw Pat McAfee doing like an NXT pre-show, there was an energy about him <laughs> that I really liked. And there were so many people went, oh, good, Pat McAfee. I'm like... I like him. He's wearing a suit with shorts. I yeah. like him. <laughs> he is, yeah. I, I I, think he's he's woken. He's had the same effect on Michael Cole that Paul Heyman had on Jim Ross in 2001. Yeah. Like he's properly yeah. just prodded him and gone, come on, let's yeah. go. Smackdown. I, I would listen to Pat McAfee give his opinion on like anything. So I think that's a big a big plus in his favor as well. Yeah. I, I, for me, AEW has amazing commentators and they've not put, they've not, they don't start their best 11. So like, <laughs> they've got, if Taz was doing main commentary, it'd be brilliant. Yeah. Excalibur. In fact, it just needs to be Taz and Excalibur, maybe with a bit of Shivani. Unfortunately, and he's an icon, JR does not get excited enough at the right moments. I watched a little bit back the other day, and, and I feel bad saying that because he's had a really hard time recently and everything, of course. But I think even before that, he doesn't seem to grasp the product the same way that the others do. Excalibur knows exactly who the fans like, exactly, he knows everything inside now. If he wasn't there, it would be one hell of an experience listening to AEW. Because Tony and Jim wouldn't have a clue. The fans know more about <laughs> what's going on than Tony and Jim do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but maybe not Tony. Well, I, don't think, uh, I don't think Tony adds anything to commentary oh, other than going, oh, wow. I know he's, lo- he's a lovely, lovely man. man. <laughs> I wish he was my uncle, but he adds nothing to the commentary for me. Well, oh, fair. wow. It's Sting. <laughs> oh, <laughs> He adds a bit Adam of a... calls a bell end. That's all he does. <laughs> he adds those, a bit of emotion. those three famous lines from Tony Schiavone. Oh wow, it's Sting. Adam calls a bell end. There was a bit. There was a bit of that. I watched a bit of that CM Punk MJF match back recently, and there's a, a near fall where Punk somehow gets out of something and leaves MJF flat on his back, and he hits the big elbow drop. And even though no one thinks Punk's going to win with the elbow drop, 
the it's a really close near fall and the fans really fall for it because it's such a late kick out by MJF. But while Punk's on the top rope, ready to jump off, Jim's like, Punk here got the advantage on the top rope. I'm like, oh, Jim, this is a big moment. Yeah. Also, and I mentioned this in my recent weirdest episodes video that went up, um, Jim is really finickety about rules. And I watched an old Raw and there wasn't a single tag in this tag match. It was just a brawl. But because Austin was in it, Jim was on his, he was having, he was living his best life. He was on <laughs> Didn't care about the legal men or anything. So I Fickle. Think, yeah. JR, if, I, I've been very vocal about I hammer JR. He's a legend. You know? He is a legend. He, he absolutely is a legend. But does it mean he needs to be front and center of AEW Dynamite every night? Because well, the thing is, right, when the, the power of Jim Ross as a commentator, when he's having a bad night, everyone has a bad night. Ugh. He actually brings the side down. When he's having a great night, everything's lifted. But when he's not on his game, you've suddenly got Excalibur giving it socks. You've got Shivani. Adam Cole's a bell end. <laughs> and then a sort of low-key low Jim Ross going, well, this is a thing that's happening. And and it just brings everything down. And and I look Jim Ross is amazing in those um those sit down interviews yeah. they do with the oh, wrestlers. Yeah, 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 Phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. Put JR there. And and if if AEW's commentary was just, as Jack said, uh Taz and Excalibur, I would give this to AEW. You would. On the strength of Michael Cole and SmackDown Pat. Unless, I mean, Jimmy Smith is... Jimmy... Jimmy Smith? Jimmy, uh, yeah, that's the thing. I didn't know his name. I had to and Google it. And lies the problem. He's the raw... raw He's the main answer, commentator. Yeah. Right. To be fair, Jim... Well, not to be fair, just blunt, bluntly, Jimmy, Corey, and Byron are just the ham sandwich... Byron? Byron? <laughs> I don't know what I'm there, so I'm a stroke. They are the ham sandwich bottle of water... Okay. Whatever the third trifecta of the most boring meal deal is in <laughs> really the history boring. of wrestling. They're a boots meal deal of a ham sandwich, a bottle of water, and ready salted crisps. <laughs> yeah, it's just uh, really boring. Whereas, <laughs> whereas Pat McAfee and Michael Cole, it's not a meal deal. It's a slightly more expensive sandwich, a more deluxe sandwich, mm. and a large bottle of Vimto. Mm. <laughs> Laced with cocaine. <laughs> um, so on, yeah. the, on the strength of them, it's WWE, it's WWE. for me. And especially, well. yeah. And it's another one in the negative column for AEW is Chris Jericho on uh, that page. Yeah. Everything's a screech. Yeah. Everything's a screech. He's got a bit better. And to be fair to Jim Ross, he has got a lot better in, in hiding his disdain for something he doesn't like. Because at the start, the first year of AEW, when he saw something he didn't like, you knew it. I've personally been the victim of that. Tom loves that story. <laughs> What's that? JR's call of me. Jack the job. In WCPW, he just kind of goes, Jack the job. Just disgusted with you. So good. When, when Jim, what, what, what would Jim not like about me? I don't get it myself. Sometimes, like, when... In, in my days on radio, if I turned up to work and my voice was buggered, mm. right? I've ha it's happened before and they've gone, just go home. We'll get some cover. Just go home. JR, how many times? I can't remember the amount of times I put an AEW pay per view on and it started with, Welcome to JR. <laughs> like, it's not even started and you're done. Like, I like that passion though. No, no, no. But no, this, no it's not about the. No, it's, he hasn't lost his voice through passion. He's just lost his voice. For reasons. <laughs> it's a bit nippy out. No, but I like the fact that even though he's got the horse voice, he hasn't just gone, oh, I'll just bugger off home. No, 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 no. One... It's, it's more the case of your, to the product, if it, if it hampers the product because your, your lead announcer can't lead the announcing. Yeah. That's a problem. There was one where... <clears throat> He, it was the first one back with fans, wasn't it? I he think. really went for it, and his voice went, but it added to it towards the end. Yeah. Michael Cole's voice goes sometimes towards the end. It towards the to end, it. yeah, not at the beginning, but, not during but the kickoff. But sometimes, <laughs> sometimes JR, yeah. Sometimes. I just liked it because there was always that sentiment, and I, I peddled this on WTF, and we used to do that back in the day as well, that Jim Ross just didn't care. 
But I mm. thought when he did that, I thought, oh, maybe he does care. Mm. I want this to be said as well. And it's, we, it's weird how we have to always asterisk when we insult Jim Ross. Like he, like his voice, when you do an impression of a wrestling commentator, him, you oh, do yeah. an impression of Jim yeah. Ross. That's the, the impact he's had on the business. We're about to watch on the classic SmackDown review. We're getting up to WrestleMania 17. And it's the best, the best show he's ever called. And, and I'm excited to hear his calls. He's brilliant on comms. But if, if in a year's time, they reset the AEW commentary team and it is Taz and Excalibur, and we do like this that, again, yeah. it's going to be a trickier fight. Yeah, definitely. I, I want, and Tom's an authority on this because I once saw him commentate a deathmatch tournament on a PE bench in the corner. <laughs> stood, stood on a bench <laughs> and the passion came through. <laughs> well, I couldn't hear you from where I was, but I assume the passion came through. Oh, I did. It did. Mm. Do we for the win then? 6-4? Six, six, four. Four. We move on to annoying show, show tropes. The way this one will work there as we go. as we look at a television from the side. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Basically, the show which has more in this category will lose, and therefore the point will go to the other promotion. I've got a list. I'm going to start things off. We'll go Dury's annoying show tropes first. Open and promos of weekly shows. How it happens most 99 out of 100 weeks. Booking themselves into a corner, as we said earlier, by then having to get out of it with a DQ or roll up or some sort of screwy finish. That's annoying when they don't have to do it. This is my era. This is the era of whatever. This is my show. Everyone says it. Chat shows being more important than certain titles. Most yeah. titles. Most wrestlers care, but I go back to Dean Ambrose and stuff like this back in those mm. days. The Ambrose, what was his? The Ambrose Asylum. Asylum. That was his chat show, yeah. He cared more about that than titles for some reason. The word bitch. It's everywhere. <laughs> the bollocks surrounding Survivor Series and the Rumble. Oh, here's how an elimination happens. Oh, it's the one time of the year. You know what I mean? Those little buzz phrases. And then finally, the biggest annoyance of a show trope is the McMahons. <laughs> <laughs> Just the way they are. There's my WWE list. Like I think off the top of my head uh, this morning. I think I think you've, I think WWE do like to, to hammer a point home because again, it comes back to them being a marketing machine. This year, it's all about the, the most stupendous WrestleMania ever yeah. because they've somehow done some sort of Google trend search and gone oh we can take ownership of the word stupendous no one else is doing that even though it's a weird word That's to weird, use um, they they do tend to be you know they're a marketing machine is how they always work um Pointing at the sign is kind of a, mm. a, a trying, thing you do. Trying, this could have gone. Yeah. This could have gone more under the production one, but the, the when something happens, they're so desperate to find a meme in the crowd. And, yeah. cut, and, and sometimes they'll cut to someone who's finished reacting, and they're just like, you're like "What are you doing? Show me what's happening." Mm. Ruins the moment, doesn't it? Yeah. Any more glaringly obvious tropes that annoy you? From WWE side of the uh, tracks. From WWE side of the mm. thing. I mean, there's obviously some like general wrestling ones, but I that's don't know if it's another, a, yeah, I don't know if it's, a, if it's a trope, but it's a recent trend, I'd say, of announcing the surprise ahead of time, yeah. you know, rather than just having the surprise. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a big that's one. Weird. Actually. Anyway, um, AEW tropes. Tony Khan having an announcement. Yes. <laughs> Can we have that as a trope? Overhyping it. Yes. Tony Khan what's has a tonight? big announcement. Well, we're, we're shooting this on Wednesdays just before Dynamite. So what's it going to be tonight? It's probably another wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the problem. When you have, when you, when you, when your trope becomes Tony Khan's got an announcement, diminishing, it's probably another wrestler. Tony Khan's a very excited boy. He is, and I'm, he and I'm happy it. for I'm glad him. He's got passion. Yeah, yeah, of course. He ruined Christian's him. debut, though. Yeah. Yeah. Ruined it by overhyping it. Yeah. Uh, my list for AEW's tropes that are annoying are lights out moments. I think they happen too much now. I think yes. Malachi Black should own that and that should be his alone. Oh, I think he should never do it and it oh. should only be for surprises. Oh. Mm. But Ooh. either or, either or. Refs. 
namely Rick Knox, who just forget about rules during tag team matches and other matches. Uh, shot to Doreen, oh, they've already land. They're just on refs, Owen really hates um, Bryce. Bryce. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Owen hates him. I know, <laughs> there's a few friends of mine who are just really, like, aggressively unhappy with Bryce. Yeah, Remsburg. I don't know why. <laughs> Owen's not I aggressive about it, but he just says he takes, he steals the moment and stuff. I love, yeah. love Bryce Remsburg. Uh, shot at Dury, they rarely land, don't they? They rarely land. Yeah, especially when it's the Bucks doing it, I feel like. Interrupting interviews, as we mentioned earlier, they just should be called backstage interviews, should be called interruptions with accompanying beatdown or something mm-hmm. like that. So that's just a terrible thing I've said there. If it was an EWR, <laughs> the, the, the segment would be called backstage interview with beatdown. <laughs> yes. I think stretching out feuds is becoming a bit of a trope on the undercard, yeah, such, uh, yeah. specifically. Uh, matches between people who aren't on the same level going way too long on yes. Rampage, namely. Yes. I think they go way too long. When not. Adam Cole had a match with who was it recently? Uno. Was it Evil Uno? It might have been the Uno. And no one. disrespect to Evil Uno, but in terms of the pecking order, yeah. come on. Stables. That's my other trope I've got written down there. Just too many of them. There's they AEW do love a stable. I love a stable for a show that do, for a company that doesn't do Survivor Series. Mm. <laughs> they do love a stable. So then, what's the worst list of tropes we've come up with? Any more for AEW, by the way? Before we oh probably. Um, I feel like the the a beat down after a match, and then one person runs in to save the day, and then one person from the other person's team, and then one and it's one and one and one and one and one, and then the one with the most people wins the brawl. I remember that right at the start of AEW when Cody and Dustin were doing that. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, it's like the attitude here all over again. Because yeah. that's how those shows would end. It was really exciting. But when you see it all the time, it got less exciting. It got less exciting yeah. all the time, didn't it? Yeah. But, oh, I think in terms of the tropes that are the most annoying, I mean, probably WWE's tropes are the most annoying. It's my time now. It's all about me. And like the, those those kind of cookie cutter lines that they use for a lot of people. Mm. Pretty, you know, the open, like, like WWE, they've been around for so long. They have perfected the art of the long winded opening promo. You know, you watch anything from 2000 featuring Triple oh, H. Man. He loves to come out on SmackDown and spend 35 minutes yeah. explaining his grand plan from Raw. <laughs> but these days, it's it's the carousel promo or like the yeah. revolving door one where everyone like, gets an entrance. Yeah, yeah. I just want to end, don't you? Mm. So then. Sorry for knocking you there. That's all right, mate. Have it's a all fight. Right. Let me do, I'm going to do, do an hour promo on SmackDown explaining <laughs> how it happened. I'll cut you off and go, listening to you go on and on. I feel like there was a while where... Shut every, up, bitch. Everyone it's my time yeah, yeah, now. Yeah. <laughs> right here. In Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. <laughs> so, more annoyances from Doree's side, which means the point, are we in unison here, goes to AEW. Yes. That's yeah, one. They're not without fault, but no, they are the not. least annoying. 7-4. Yeah. 7-4. scoreline. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Now we move on to talent development slash showcasing of talent. Who can take their talent and take it to the next level on a more consistent basis? Again, this is really hard because AEW has been around for less than three years. Mm. So obviously they've had less time to develop their own stars, but they have developed their own stars. Uh, maybe not... Well, Hangman's obviously been pushed right to moon and back down again. Well, no, not back down. He's still on the moon, isn't he? Mm. Still flying high. <laughs> so, Tom, who do you reckon mm. in this one? Uh, I mean, they, they have the systems in place to showcase talent. AEW Dark is great for that. Um, and what I like is, and it was Ben from Triple Jump who who said that the, um, the, the way that Dark seems to work is that you'll have younger talent or developing talent on Dark that'll be grinding for XP. <laughs> so like they'll have yeah. matches after matches yeah. that'll eventually earn their way up to doing something more. So I think we're yet to see any true fruits of that labor come through. Um, and I, and I, I can't help but feel like if I was like a, a, a guy that was early developed in AEW and... I'd see like every week Tony's big announcement. It's it's another wrestler. Like it would it would knock your morale a little bit because you go, that's another it's another rung on the ladder I now yeah, need to yeah. climb. Um, they're great at bringing in talent. I like AEW Dark is a great platform to showcase talent. It's just a case of whether they follow through with talent, which I don't know. They've done a lot of their debuts are with fault as well. I'm thinking of Butcher <clears> and Blades. <throat> Remember that one? When they just sort of appeared from another ring and then whoop, up they came and Jim and, Ross didn't have a clue. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. the blade. <laughs> and Dick Scal- It always seems to be Jim Ross going, who the hell is that? Yeah. And then Excalibur goes, the one we saw it's li- him. The Dark Order we saw live and it was weird. Yeah. The crowd didn't buy it. Like, buy Spooky. It. Human throne. Human throne of yeah. people. Okay. The one thing, well, I, would, I mean, I'll th- I'll, I've got another point in terms about how WWE do it, but Jack, your thoughts on AEW and developing talent? I think this could possibly answer the question of why there are so many stables. Because at the start, there were a lot of people that indie fans would know, but on this national, like on this on this sort of TV, televised level, a lot of the audience aren't going to know who these people are, and. Um, and I think that they they tied certain wrestlers, just like Darby and Sting or whatever, or Jericho and in the Inner Circle, to associate them with someone and thereby help them get over more, which I think was a real positive at the start. You could argue about it both ways now. I think that in contrast, WWE, they don't... They, they seem like begrudging when it comes to pushing someone. Like They don't want to push certain people for whatever reason. I think the only people who get over are people who are just absolutely undeniable, like Brock Lesnar, for example, and is like a historic one, or Bianca Belair is a more recent one. Their talent's just undeniable. Or ones who got over by being different and getting a bit lucky because Zack Ryder can go wrong, Becky Lynch, it can go really right, and you've got the iconic moment with her nose being broken and she made the most of it. But those moments are really rare. And it feels like wrestlers have to really fight to get over in WWE. And WWE, often like older figures or like Vince himself sometimes will say stuff like on interviews and you've got to, or Vincent on on Austin's podcast, you've got to take a risk and you've got to grab that brass ring and do it yourself. But when someone tries to do that and steps outside the boundaries, 
they get punished for it. They're difficult to work with. That's what comes out now. They're difficult to work with. Difficult to work with, like Bray Wyatt did. Yeah. Recently. We went to do your own thing. was difficult to work with, but he changed. He took his ball. He did. He went home. He did. That's difficult, isn't it? I think as well, obviously, Roman Reigns is unbelievable at the minute. Like, in terms of just being a star, I don't think anyone trumps him in the wrestling world today, but those however many years it was when Vince was putting his vision of Roman Reigns forward and we had to sit there no oh. matter what and just how stubborn they were. Yeah, yeah. That's, right. Vince, that's been Vince forever, though. Suffering like, sabotage, guys. Kevin Nash in 95. Okay, yeah. You know, Vince is like, there needs to be a certain way. To go back to what Jack said about, like, the begrudging nature of WWE pushing people mm. is because WWE's developmental system is very different to the way AEW are developing people because AEW are bringing in indie guys who haven't got many eyes on them and saying, okay, well, we will, you know, we, you be you, we'll work around it, which therefore, you know, you have these sort of, sometimes these square pegs in round holes and fans yeah. go, who are they? What's that about? Whereas WWE, they love to bring somebody in and they go, we love, hey, we love what you, what you do. We love watching what you do. Come on in. Right. We're going to take that yeah. away. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to break you down yeah. and we're going to rebuild you in our vision. So they're cut now. Yeah so, yeah. so then when they arrive on television, they are WWE's vision from the beginning upwards. Yeah. And that's how WWE, or for right or wrong, always have developed people. Especially when it's it the, that happens like after NXT, doesn't it? Or, or recent, <laughs> the, not modern NXT. Now it's seeped down in NXT. Now NXT is the place where you get yeah. your uniqueness stripped away, I guess. It does feel knee jerk as well. Like you think you're carrying cross. Mm-hmm. Like he was one thing in NXT. Oh and I know it fell flat in NXT, but he comes to the main roster with a silly helmet yeah. on. It's that knee jerkness of how just how, oh my God, what the hell is that? I yeah. do believe those, and I, and I sound like, you know, um, a. a uh, a, a long-suffering partner when I say like I think those days are behind us now I think they've changed <laughs> and no. I do think that because now that NXT is being guided by Vince and Bruce oh. you know they're, they're they're controlling these wrestlers destinies so they know like like Bron Breaker I, I can't see him getting to Raw and Vince going, who's that? I see that him getting to Raw and going, oh, I've been working with him for ages. Yeah, yeah, I know what we're point. doing, you know? So I think that I think that even though people may not like NXT and the way WWE do things, at least they've got it, they're getting it down to a fine art now. It so so, so call it to be better now. Yeah, as a developmental thing. It's functional rather but than fashionable. It's, I think we'll look back on the original on Triple H's NXT as like a real oddity. It was almost counterproductive. It was cooler and better. Yeah. Than Completely like the main counterproductive. Roster. So weird, but it was better. It was good. <laughs> um, I'm going for AW in this one. Oh. In terms of, in, <laughs> I'm not saying that the talent is better that comes through. But in terms of the process to develop talent, WWE is actually more consistent. I know that sounds really weird when you look at call-ups and stuff like that, but the whole idea of like how they will, you know, bring someone in and build them up in their own vision. I don't know. It is weird because when they get behind you, they do it better than AEW, I think. Oh, AEW yeah. have done so far. When they when when you're in their in their game, then but if you, you're not, you and you have like your big E title reign, then you just put back down like that in the, back, in the tag team mm. division. That is just, it's heart-wrenching to watch, and it's bollocks to see. Yeah. <laughs> but, then a, but, but then a big part of this is, <clears throat> big part is also showcasing talent. Yeah. And and even though Big E had a, a push and then was pushed back down, he is like a, he's a star now that could name his price wherever he goes. Yeah. Because of that WWE system. I'm going to just, I'm just, just to put the pressure on you, I'm going to say WWE, Ross. Just as he was saying that there, a certain trend that has happened in the history of AEW has been people once leaving WWE 
going to AEW. And I would argue that is because, for certain instances, WWE have showcased their talent. If it's just for a little bit. Maybe it was NXT Keith Lee. Mm. Maybe it was someone else. Someone else who got to AEW. I'll go for WWE. Yeah. I think I will. <coughs> in, terms, in terms of getting right up there, like I look at Hangman and I think he's there, <coughs> but he's not like Reigns, is he? No, he's he's not near Roman Reigns. But he I'm could sorry. Be. Over time, that's what we're saying. Like it's Dynamite's been around for less than three years at this point. So mm. in a couple of years' time, if, if Cultaholic's still going, hopefully, mm. <laughs> we might come back and do this. There might be a completely different discussion. Good we'll time. go for WWE to WWE. bring the score Ooh. to seven five. Seven two five. Seven five. Seven, five. Oh, you see, same. who's the AW shills now? Eh, <laughs> we're rounding things off with a big juicy category called the marquee stars. Oh. Who has <clears throat> the bigger marquee stars, the more mainstream appeal? There seems to be a discussion that people throw around when they're talking about AEW versus WWE. So I thought I'd put it in there. Oh, they've got more marquee stars. You know what I mean? Who has it, Tom? Save me, Tom. It's WWE. It is. It's WWE. Roman Reigns is 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 a, is a name in wrestling. Like, and when they when it punches through to the casual fans, that's when you know. But then Roman Reigns has had a career longer than AEW has existed, yeah. and and I think that's why the, a lot of the AWWE rhetoric that we hear, the whole purpose of this video, is is somewhat moot because AEW, like in the, compared to WWE, hasn't been around long enough. You know, it's 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 hard to compare on some of these factors because so much of what AEW does, it, a, a lot of what AEW to a, to a greater extent run because WWE walked. Mm. It's true, because it's yeah, been around yeah. since like the seventies. Yeah. Of course it is. And 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 WWE over that time for for their faults in how they put stuff together, they know how to how to at least ostensibly put somebody out there as a star i i agree and, and this is this is almost certainly going to be like a, a wwe point in the in this video but i think that the, this is a another one where it's it's getting worse over the years like they used to have so many mainstream stars who could you know i think the actually like nearly everyone and that's because wrestling <clears throat> occupied more of a central place in pop culture then. But at the minute, you've got Roman, Lesnar, although arguably Lesnar's because of other things he did outside of wrestling. Miz seems to pop up a lot. They love Miz as a market, because he's a really marketable guy, I guess. Mm. But I don't think there's as many as there should be. And maybe that's not WWE's fault. Maybe that's just because wrestling's not the cool thing anymore. But, it, but, uh, but there, there are certain um, statistics and such that say that WWE is actually the most popular that it's ever been. Well, I think It's making WWE's more money. money it's yeah. making more of a footprint. I think WWE's bigger than res the wrestling industry. Of course. Like It's bigger than mm. all everything else in wrestling. So WWE is bigger than wrestling. So it depends who you, the question yeah. is aimed at. I think marquee stars for people outside of wrestling... WWE wins it hands down. If it's marquee stars aimed at wrestling fans of a certain age, wrestling fans from back in the day, then I think they'd be more interested in the stars of AEW. But mm. I think that I think it's a WWE category, isn't it? It, it still is. It is, and we don't know because obviously we could be sat here and then within the next year we could have that Mike Tyson moment for AEW. I don't know mm -hmm. what that would be or who that would involve. But we could do it. Then it might tie some up at AW. He fell asleep at ringside. I know, yeah. <laughs> oh, God, he did, didn't he? he 98 did. Mike Tyson, not oh, well, 2021. Well, 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 we'll have that Tyson Fury moment. <laughs> <laughs> I know he was doing WWE, WWE till he dies. Yeah, who is what? what is that? <coughs> who is that guy in sports these days? Conor McGregor. Uh, he's on the nah, down Not turn. anymore. Um, Richard? Me Messi? 
Messi, yeah, they have that Lionel Messi, <laughs> Lionel Messi. That Lionel Messi moment. They have that. You know who would be? You know who would? You know who would? You know that um, New Zealand slash Nigerian MMA champion. Oh UFC, yeah, Israel Adesanya. Ah, he's the yeah. he's the new Tyson. He's the because he's a bit mm. he's a bit meta and hipster as well. So he's the he likes to watch his anime and that Maybe like Richard Ghanu. does, huh? Maybe in Ghana. Maybe in Ghana. Just a huge man. It's Pete Sampras doing it. Yeah, yeah, get him in. <laughs> Martina Navratilova. <laughs> Let's get Ronnie O'Sullivan. Yes! In Let's get Eddie, Eric, Eddie Eagle. Eddie Eagle Edward. When is AEW's Eddie the Eagle Edwards <laughs> yeah. moment happening? <laughs> God well, I think, yeah, it. you're throwing there, having obviously Rousey in the ranks as well, what <clears throat> oh, she yeah, did as well. Course, I, think, yeah. I think it is a, a WWE win for that one. Yeah. Anything else you think is pertinent to this discussion of AEW versus WWE? I think you've covered pretty much all the bases there. Yeah. Um, I think we've yeah. We've, I think I think no doubt we've missed something, and the comments will be saying, "Why haven't you spoken well, about stuff, this?" Yeah. stuff like I guess we could have done maybe like social media engagement, how they act on social media, how they do that. But that might fall under a category we've already covered. I'm not I, sure. I, I did have that down originally. Then just sat there and thought we'll be arguing about their tweets. Yeah, like, right. It's a bit yeah. Pathetic, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> they, both, they both they both try very hard to be cooler than the others. Yeah. So. I think it's ending on a point just to say that you know what, the grand scheme of things, you know, it's it's only wrestling. Oh, oh no, Tom, don't. It's not going to fix. I kind of. It's not going to fix the comments. I, I get I get the wild this is life or death, Tom. I get yeah. the wild passion, but like let's like if you're a pro, if you if you love WWE, if 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 a Monday night isn't complete without watching Raw, they're more power to you. If you love what they've done with NXT and made it all colourful and bright and new. More power to you. If Dynamite is the greatest wrestling product on the planet, don't even at me. More power to you. If you love SmackDown and watching Roman Reigns every week and, and all the cool stuff he's doing, then more power to you. If you love Impact Wrestling, more power to you. If you love New Japan, more power to you. There's so much wrestling that you can just enjoy it and it's fine and it's ha it's fine to disagree. I actually, you know, I'm at a point where I, I go on Twitter and I see I see simple conversations about which wrestling promotion is the best and in death threats. And come on. Yeah, it's silly, isn't it? It's silly. silly. Like, like we, we, we should all look. Three years ago, AEW wasn't even a thing. What did you talk about then? I don't understand. Other That's stuff. That's the thing with Twitter as well. My enjoyment of Twitter has gone through the floor since AEW came around. <laughs> oh, yes. God. They have been that you tweet one thing in support of AEW, go back and look at all of our Twitters. We'll, we'll do stuff in favor of AEW, we'll do stuff in favor of WWE. No matter what we do, the other side always comes at you and just sends you horrible things. Yeah. I always remember that there'll be a confirmation bias to whatever you see. If you think that we are ostensibly a pro AEW channel, then of course you'll see stuff saying that. Yeah. I've had people that I've had in one news video, I had some, I had one person say, I'm, I'm an anti AEW, pro AEW channel. Tony Khan paycheck rolling, whatever. And at the same time, somebody said, "Oh, an AEW fanboy." Like, oh, sorry, sorry, a WWE fanboy. Like, so I'm I'm both pro and anti AEW apparently, or pro and anti WWE at the same time. Like, yeah. maybe you're just reading whatever you want to read that fits the story and the I narrative so. that you're telling. I think so. And whatever you watch, just enjoy it because life's too short for but, goodness' sake. On the other hand, we have conclusively decided that AEW is the best. It is absolutely <laughs> the best, no, the greatest six, wrestling very, promotion. It's very narrow, very close. Very narrow. Thing you see, I think we've. We've had a, I was worried about doing this video. I was worried that the, the blinkers, the alleged blinkers might come out, but I no. think we've had a very good discussion. We're professionals. We are prof mm. We're not professionals. We're just fans. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Well, yeah. We should never lose the common touch. That's right. <laughs> but we're also really clever. <laughs> <laughs> I've been Ross from Cultaholic. He's been Tom. At the end there has been Jack. AEW has sneaked it in the AEW versus WWE discussion. Thank you for watching until the end. I imagine a lot of people saw, what was it, 2-0, 3-0? Yeah, and it was tuned, getting up there. Yeah, and then they tuned out. So mm. sucks to be them, but they're sad anyway. Thanks for watching. Goodbye. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Cultaholic.